Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Wow, that was uh <clears throat> that was weird, guys. I, I feel strange. Um I don't read that part. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not my color in the show doc. I'm confused. <laughs> Look, we do episodes well, with like missing all of the three of us, we like it's never without Brittany. So things are, <laughs> things are a little weird. There's a good reason for that. <clears throat> There's a reason things if aren't you, going if smoothly. You, if you needed to know who is the heart, soul, brain, legs, arms, circulatory system of the show, it's Brittany. The rest of us are just here juggling to, you know, kind of make sure everyone, you know, Laughs once in a while. We're just three drunk assholes on the internet. Brittany's the and one. And then Brittany is like the show. responsible. Yeah. Uh, Dime she, a dozen. The, the rest of us, you Frost. could do this show without us. You, right. No. You could cut us out entirely and still have a good show. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's enough self deprecating. Uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, Chris, I understand uh, most of your house is vomit. Um, throughout the weekend. So Friday night was Emmett. Tonight is Brittany. Tomorrow, I'm assuming, will be me. So we're going to live tonight <laughs> like it's our last. You've definitely shared the same keyboard at this point, so... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Chris... Uh, I mean, he you, you dodged COVID when I was up there with it. So No, the writing's on the wall for me, because Friday morning, I scooped up our son while he was puking, and he was, like, throwing up down my back. So... <laughs> oh, okay. I see. I was just picturing like you were holding him up, going like you know, like a lift him up in the air, kind of like ha ha ha, and then he just throws up right in your face, mouth open, just like aimed right down your throat. No, no, it was more horrific. We don't have to get into the details of what happened. No, that's but... fine. I, I, I'm pretty sure I came up with. I don't know how it could be more horrific than what I just said. Uh, Look, it's. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have one to two kids. <laughs> The projectile poops are pretty bad. <laughs> just saying. I, just, I don't know how Casey uh, can do it. Like when they, when they're both sick. That's just uh, like what is that, <laughs> that when you just like fall to your knees, going, "It's game over, man! It's game over." We, we've Has been that lucky. Happened? No, I mean, like, really, it hasn't. And you know, I chalk that up to the fact that we don't go to daycare. That's where everything gets passed around. Like the bubonic dish. plague come from a daycare. I am sure. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, Middle Ages daycares were were noted for rats with fleas. <laughs> I'm sure. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, so uh, that sounds sounds great. Uh, how <laughs> uh, how you doing, Casey? Swell. Um, I mean, I've been kind of in and out of the house, working from home one day, and then you know a little bit of weather. And go back into the office and and back and forth, but not not too bad. We went um, tried to go skiing last weekend. Um, uh, see, there's a there's a there's a strange connection with a story about this. How how much are you willing to talk about? It's a great <laughs> well, connection. Uh, let and we me... had a private chat that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I need to know. No, uh, you were in it. No, you were involved in that. <laughs> oh. I don't know if I remember. 
because uh, who was coming into the was it a bed and breakfast or a oh yeah yeah so we can talk about that I must break you <laughs> Dolph Lundgren uh, apparently Lundgren. had our L- Lundgren out of you know I will break you um, was break. was supposed to have our room uh, we were staying at a bed and breakfast and and Dolph had our room the next night. So, uh, you know, Chris was like, fart up the bed. And I was like, that's not a problem. Already done. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I think it was like, like, like I've already had like half a bag of jerky and I'm moving on to something else. And I was like, well done. <laughs> yeah, we were we were already well into that. Um, and the heat, I mean, like it was a good bed breakfast. I enjoyed it. But, you know, Ashley got we both got hot in the middle of the night because, you know, it's an old house and the heat doesn't necessarily travel as well. Like our room was in the eighties while the rest of the house was probably in the fifties. Oh, so, uh, you know, that plus the, the, the farts and the heat, you know, you get locked in a room like that. It gets bad. Hot boxing yourself. Uh, you know, at least, at least, uh, 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 snowbird was cool when we were, yeah, you know, and we could, we left the window the door open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we're just like trying to fan out that whole place because really that place was ninety percent farts. <laughs> four we died of methane four farters in a room. So it was fun. Uh, uh, I would never go skiing again. Um, well, let me rephrase that. I would never attempt to ski again. I will go on a ski trip because they have some amazing bars at ski oh, yeah. resorts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I would it's, definitely it's go along. It's for after a long day of dying, going down a hill, and then you just kind of like cozy up to the bar finally, and you just go, all right, I ache. I need something to take this pain away. Oh, oh yeah. well, we don't have any ibuprofen or any like, you know, uh, uh, opioids. Instead, we have alcohol. My depressant uh, choice. This one specifically had Weller at uh, <sighs> like six bucks a shot. So... Oh. I was doing that, and then um, this. I'd have just to like line them up. Oh, you're gonna do yeah. like a like a series of shots? No. How much to just bring I me just the bottle? I can't one. get it this cheap. Six <laughs> bucks a shot. Uh, how like if, how many? How much would it be to just be like, give me the rest of the bottle? And that would probably actually be a yeah. decent price for the amount of liquid that was left in the bottle. Yeah, probably cheaper than secondary market at, at yeah. a certain point. Um, yeah, because some of those bottles, like the they had the one oh one oh one oh six. Is it one oh? 107, I think. Um, anyways, the the red label. Antique. They had that. Yeah, um, they had that one at uh, at the, that same price, and so uh, I was like, "Yes, please, I'll have that." And then I got onto these like wintergreen schnapps shots. Um, oh. I don't what I can't even remember what they were called, but Minty they were schnapps. Yeah, um, rumple mints. <laughs> it just feels like you would take a shot of that and just be like. Ah, does your teeth feel cleaner? Well, Ashley wouldn't because she said it tasted like toothpaste. And I was like, that's perfectly fine. I enjoy that flavor. Uh, so I get into they that. Had I, I don't like to drink toothpaste and mouthwash. That's I can't do minty drinks and minty like <laughs> I think like candy canes, they, they gum had to stop and mints me. and toothpaste. That's where mint should be. That's like it. They had that they had to stop me from swallowing my toothpaste as a child. Mm, I'd take it. Like, no, you'll die. I don't care. It's worth it. <laughs> but uh, it, and it's a hundred proof. Rumble mints is is a hundred proof schnapp. So 
It ain't it ain't a uh, like a little sugary type shot. Yeah, I mean, it's got sugar in it, but not like the ninety percent sugar. So they were delicious, though. I need uh, more of that frozen. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're able to get out and enjoy yourself and be Where among have you been people. This week? Yeah. Home. How? Uh, except how? except when my boss came to pick me up from work because my car is stuck under like is stuck on like. <laughs> Not under. It is on top of about two inches of ice. <laughs> I, My uh, wheels just spin. <laughs> I, I saw an image of one of these little tiny smart cars on like two feet of snow underneath it. Like they plowed around it. So the smart car is on top of the snow. And that's what I imagine you're like. Uh, it's yeah, I, I've tossed kitty litter on it. I've been like trying to dig it out. I couldn't you can't find a shovel in this town right now, or at least nearby where I can get one. Oh no, it's like finding so, a So like I'm out there with like Yeah, I'm out there with a gardening spade, just kind of like stabbing the ice behind my tires, going, You will let me out. <laughs> no luck. Uh, tomorrow it's supposed to get to like maybe forty, so maybe I can it's that's my best chance this week. I mean, don't you uh, have enough you some... uh whiskey laying around that you could have just sacrificed a bottle to melt some i mean yes but mix it with some salt come on man own, priorities make your own brine to i mean then you could go to the liquor uh, store and buy more that's i, I mean <laughs> i've got a green label uh bottle of uh heaven hill sitting around here that's oh, like a I'll take that that's like a 12 dollar bottle i mean we can get it around here i i you know what i wish i hadn't polished off that uh uh Star Trek bourbon for uh, that RMP show now because oh. I would have just used that to dig out because that's whiskey I'd be fine losing. I'm like okay, just dump that down there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah all all of my whiskey over there is actually good whiskey. I don't want to get rid of. Although there's probably uh, there's probably a bottle of scotch that's really old that that needs to go away. <laughs> there's very few whiskeys that I would pour out. I'm. Yeah. I still have I, plenty. Of you know what? Never mind. There's some triple sec there. What? I mean. There you go. There's a, there's a <laughs> bottle of Smirnoff back there that I would sacrifice happily. You know, there's like a crappy bottle of gin back there somewhere that if I'd I deemed it necessary, they would make a quick trip onto the pavement. I mean. All right. We got salt. I'd have bland food for a few days for that. <laughs> I've really thought about going out there with a uh, my sea salt grinder and just kind of going. <laughs> I want that picture. <laughs> just, just almost entirely, so people could watch me do it. Just like, yeah. what is he doing? <laughs> I'm getting out of here one way or the other. You could end up like on the People of Lexington Reddit isn't, page. No, isn't that what's going on in Texas? Like, my heart's out there when it's like I'm not going to heap on. Oh yeah, crap. yeah. It's just because like, I know. You know, we have friends from it, uh, Michigan who come down here, and we get like ten inches of snow, and they're shutting everything down. They're like, "What are you talking about? This isn't anything." And it's like, "Yeah, it's, we're not used it's to lack that of much infrastructure." Snow. Yeah, it's like we're, we don't have the infrastructure for that. <laughs> just like they don't have the infrastructure for two inches. Like it's just a, when yeah. when the entire state has well, two and they snow got, plows. <laughs> yeah, they 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 got hit with ice. Yeah, ice is is no joke. Yeah, they got uh, so hard, and my heart's out to everyone down there. Yeah, uh, but uh, speaking of things that are, I guess in the news, <laughs> I, I was gonna say you know newsworthy. Oh. Uh, we normally, once upon a time, back in the years before, had a news segment that would go here. 
Uh, instead, uh, it's its own show now. Uh, so you can go check that out. It's got its own feed, Have a Drink News. And there you can find, uh, this week you'll find such amazing stories as uh, Heineken is moving beyond beer. Mm. What happens when a beer brand uh, moves beyond beer and fires like a third of their workforce? That's how you move beyond beer. You fire everyone. Uh, <laughs> they have moved beyond their jobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, there are new Japanese whiskey regulations. That'd be fun. Okay, I'm excited about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have, uh, speaking of things that me and you are excited about, Chris, there's a uh, new old, uh, they've discovered now a new oldest brewery to have existed. It was the Mongols, right? No, it's in Egypt. Oh, okay. uh, they... They found they found the remains of a new a new brewery. Uh, so you know we'll we'll talk about some of those some other great stories. Uh, but check that out on Have a Drink News. Yes, and I'm not stalling for time at all because it's time to talk about our topic, which is Trappists. Been up that truck. And I'm not usually <laughs> doing this. Like this whole, oh, you just lightly double tap on the one button on the mouse to. No, this is horse crap. No. No, I was with John Hodgman the whole way. Uh, old Mac PC commercials. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That's a real. Real old, old reference. Deep cut. I would say it's a deep cut, but it was a pretty popular thing. But it's like, if <laughs> my nieces wouldn't get it, they're not old enough. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about Trappist today. Ooh, uh, we may be drinking some Trappist today, and we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, sorry, I just had my first sip of it. And, uh, oh, I'm like yeah. halfway done with it. <laughs> I, look, I had this sitting here, kind of getting ready for me. Just waiting for the chance. But today we are talking about the generalities of the Trappist beers as well as the culture and belief system behind the groups that brew them. And we'll talk about what makes uh, a beer Trappist and touch on the history of the Rochefort. Is that how it's said? Rochefort? I think it's more Rochefort. Rochefort. Rochefort, I think, is the way it is. Um, At least that's the French pronunciation, and I believe it's the... French part of Belgium. Trappist. Uh, well, we're going to say it a lot, so we should say it right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, this will be the first in a continuing series over the next year to cover all the current Trappist breweries in detail. And this year, uh, it's all Belgian Trappist, because if we if we did this as just like what we're planning for Trappist breweries, well, there would be nothing but Trappist episodes for the rest of the year. Actually, well, it's... it's it's all Trappists, if okay. I'm not mistaken. So it includes um, Belgian. I think there's only like four or five tr- Belgian Trappists right now. There's some others in, in other European countries, but then there's also one in the U.S. And so I think it's going to USA. touch on all of them. Say 13 total right now, I believe. Um, but it's going to be a couple per two or three per episode. We're going to get there. Uh, yeah. but we promised this back in like year one. So I'm happy we can finally start. Well, I mean, we, we, we covered it in year one or two or something. But, you know, we didn't go super deep, I don't think. Didn't didn't so. go balls deep. And it's time to get balls deep. 
I mean, someone's going to. The monks aren't. Anyway, in the in, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm not trying to belittle of of a mon- monastic order. It's just cheap jokes, and I like low hanging fruit. In order to understand the beer and why it was brewed, we will need to dive into the belief system of the Trappist and their history, uh, with what is an extreme over oversimplification and generalization. Trappists are a branch of the uh, sisters. I used to know how to say this. Uh, Sister C and Catholic Order of Monks and Nuns. Uh, pretty sure. Uh, my Cistercian. Pr- Cistercian, thank you. I'm pretty sure my uh, 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 high school uh, principal is, is very disappointed in me. Not because of not being able to say Cistercian, other reasons. <laughs> uh, the move. <laughs> The movement originated in La Trappe Abbey in uh, uh, Orne, France. Orne? Whatever. Uh, Ornery, France. Just Brittany's not here. I'm going to go full hick for some of these pronunciations just to just so when she's editing, she gets mad. Uh, anyway, that's where they got their shortened name. Originally, they were known as the Order of the Reformed Cistercians of Our Lady of La Trappe, but today are named the Order of Cistercians and uh, or Cistercians of Strict Observance. Uh, <laughs> man, monastic orders ha- and priestly orders have just stupid long names. Like, oh, they're the Jesuits. No, that's not their name. Society of Je- Society of the Friends of Jesus of the Latter Day. Bongo horde. I don't know. Um, sorry. Anyway, uh, originally introduced. <laughs> Look, if it's me and Bob, it's going to go back the... to the Mongols. That's just we have to do it. That's in my head. I've yeah. been like, no. Um, if we could ever get a sponsor, it would have to be like Curiosity Stream. That way, me and Bob I was could say... just constantly pimp whatever documentary they had about the Mongols <laughs> on there. I was wondering mm-hmm. if you were going to. If we ever had a sponsor, it would be the Mongols. I mean, it would just be the Mongols that they'd come riding in on their horse with the with the eagle. And look, I'm just saying, someone can invade Russia in winter, and it's the Mongols. Uh, originally introduced with reforms in uh, the 1664, the movement gained a number uh, gained in numbers with its congregations until the formal con- uh, situation of a separate religious order in 1892. Uh, with, while many of the breweries we will talk about in the series date back before that time, they now practice under this branch and therefore will fall into the current day Trappists. Even when, uh, even if when they first started brewing, the Trappist religious sect was non-existent. Uh, the history of brewing in monasteries reaches well before the Trappist movement and can be referred to with the generic term "Abbey beers." Uh, perhaps the best Beatle album, <laughs> "Abbey beers." Uh, but the Trappists have made uh, made the product most famous throughout the brewing world. Uh, the founder of the Trappist order was uh, moved to re- uh, reform by what he saw as the re- relaxation of practices in many Cistercian monasteries. Uh, the founder reintroduced a more penitent nature driven by hard manual labor, silence, a uh, meager diet. Sorry, I, <laughs> I read that as... Uh, uh, Menange, for whatever reason, I was like, nope, there's not an N anywhere in that word. Uh, isolation from the word outside, uh, from the world, and renunciation of uh, of most studies. 
Uh, hard labor was as was specifically seen as punishment of sorts, as showing of sorrow for general religious guilt, but also as a way to support the monastery itself, because get to work. The self-supporting nature allowed the monasteries to have a minimal to have minimal contact with the outside world. Uh, <laughs> why do you laugh so hard at my terrible jokes, uh, Del Noche? Because I'm a bad person, and so are you. I was snickering uh, because for the work thing just really hit. I was watching. Um, what was it? The ah crap from the people who did Book of Kells, their new one that's only on Apple TV. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Wolf Walkers. And it's, I found, horridly <laughs> offensive if you know Irish as, history. As a walker? Well, oh, yes, everything's oh. horribly offensive then. But no, if you know Irish history and you go to watch it, and it's this, this is on the side of Irish history, and your point of view character is a little English girl, and you're just like, the whole time you're just like, ooh, this is, oh, <laughs> this isn't hitting right. <laughs> and at one point they're just like, oh, uh, Labor is like prayer. You should always be doing it. And I was just like, welcome Jesus. to the. Oh, sorry. I'm just like, welcome to the troubles. Yeah, man. We really, we really shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be bothering these nice British people. Is that is that the kind of show we're talking about here? It's more they're trying to make the English sympathetic when you're talking about the extermination of the original inhabitants of the islands let's point out that uh making the english sympathetic should never be the point of any product of any no, any work or fiction it shouldn't be but that movie like we never finished it like because we it the stream screwed up and we were almost 40 minutes into it and that was only halfway through and then we both looked at this and no i can't keep going <laughs> like yeah it's gorgeous to look at the art is beautiful because it's hand drawn but that I was just like, no, I can't handle this story. Okay, anyway, that aside, aside done. All right, back. All right. We're going to build a tangent sign that we just hold up to each other in the middle of a show and just, nope. Uh, according to St. Benedict, uh, speech disturbs the disciples' uh, qu- uh, quietude and uh, recipi- recipitivity. Receptivity. Look, you've had too many... You've had too many beers, uh, and many tempt one, <laughs> tempt one to exercise one's own will instead of the will of God. Speech leads to that unkind amusement or laughter is considered evil and is forbidden. Well, I'm out. <laughs> uh, movement to minimize conservation uh, means that Trappists generally speak only when necessary. Uh, thus, idle talk is strongly discouraged. Uh, and Though uh, contrary to popular belief, they have not taken a vow of silence. Uh, they have uh, they've even developed a Trappist sign language to render speaking unnecessary, which really doesn't really understand the point of sign language then, as it is still speaking. Uh, Just wait Neil's- until you tell a joke with that sign language and they start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and then then they have to go brew they have more to go beer work. because they, yeah yeah they have to go back to work to pay off the penance for what they're doing um i mean meals are usually taken in compl- uh, contemplative silence as trappists listen to a reading uh <laughs> sorry i'm just picturing them going like and then uh <laughs> 
Uh, sorry, I was gonna make like a name of the wind joke, but I could not remember a passage off the top of my head. So I would just oh, it would just make me sad. Out. It would just make me sad mm-hmm. to realize no book three is never happening. Is it really never happening? No, it's going to eventually. No, happen. it's okay, never just... happening. It's been four years since supposedly the first draft was done, and then the editor is still sitting there saying, "I've never seen page one." Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Trappists are li- generally live as vegetarians, uh, with their diet consisting mostly of vegetables, beans, and grain products. But they may sometimes eat fish. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw beans. I was like, oh, just farting that, <laughs> farting that Abby up. I mean, what else uh, do they have to do? <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I guarantee you there's a sign that in their Trappist sign language for, for fart. <laughs> I just farted. <laughs> just like, boom. just someone going like, who did that? And then other says, he who smelt it, dealt it. Yeah, it's just this. <laughs> uh, great, great audio uh, anyway. there. I just made a disgusting face it, and waved my hand in front of it. Right. <laughs> uh Without this early movement, we would likely uh, not have the kind of. Uh, oh, skipped a bit. Uh, one of the one of the tenets of the movement was isolated from the uh, uh, from the world. A belief system that spread to other monasteries. Uh, each of the new adopters would call themselves Trappist in reference to the La Trap, uh, where they re- where the reforms originated. Without this early movement, we would likely not have the kind of monastic culture uh, rich in products we see today. Trappists believe in the rule of Saint Benedict. Uh, in the 48th chapter of the text, it states, for then, uh, for then are the monks in truth if they live by the work of their hands. Following this rule, most Trappist monasteries produce goods that are sold to provide income for the monastery. Their proceeds will help support the monastery, also provide funding for charitable work. The Trappist beer uh, may be the first oh, pardon. Uh, first non-profit beer in existence. Non, yeah, non-profit beer in existence. So, okay, I had to. Yeah, that. I, I had. I wanted to start making jokes, and I was just like, "Nope, we're gonna let him get to the end of that, and then we're gonna get the jokes out." So, right. First off, the one thing I know it's on both mine and Bob's mind: the Latrappist family completely rewrites Sound of Music. <laughs> of Von Trapp. <laughs> yeah, so they're the uh, <laughs> Latrappist. And uh, the uh, St. Benedict 48th chapter of Space Marines was all I could picture in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Trappist Order of Space Marines. I I think that's doable. (laughs) Yeah. They're 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 gonna be a very uh, that's gonna be a gonna be a lot more robes than that. They're, you're gonna you're gonna be build them off of like dark angels or something. Could be a hell of a beer if it's getting Space Marines junk drunk. I mean, come on. Uh, today there are 168 Trappist monasteries and convents. I was really hoping that uh, I was, for whatever reason, hoping that I was going to say 168 Trappists. Period. It's <laughs> all of them. Totally. Close. Uh, and any product made in conjunction with the Trappist community uh, is a Trappist product. Products like beer, but also cheese, wine, jellies, liquors, caskets. In the case of one Kentucky Abbey, bourbon chocolate fudge can be made in Trappist communities and sold as a Trappist product. Uh, Del Noche points out that their cheese and soap are quite popular. Their everything uh, is quite popular. Which is... Uh, it's. I have to imagine it's the same marketing as the... Uh, uh, 
the one back home, the um, they're they're not Trappists, uh, the the. Amish. the they're, they're Mennonites. In the Mennonites. They're Mennonites, yeah. but they're like, oh, get that Amish bread from yeah. <laughs> from the place with the with the cash register. Yoders, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, okay, get that Amish bread from the... They're Mennonites. There's electricity in the building where you're buying stuff from them. <laughs> I wasn't aware that uh, we had Kentucky Trappist products until Casey shared it with yes. us like yesterday. And I was just like, ooh. Almost like yeah. squealing. I was like, we're ordering some... It'd be a good little trip to go and and visit the Abbey. I think um, very much would love in, to. In fact, that Abbey is actually one of the more famous abbeys in the world of Trappists. One of the big leaders in the Trappist movement in the last fifty years actually was at that Abbey and wrote his books from that Abbey that are now read around the world. Like when you go and look at the Wikipedia page for Trappists, it talks about him specifically. Ooh. Oh. Now, what's oh, so it going to take to get them brewing there? That's a good question. Hmm. I would like to see a Trappist uh, bourbon. Oh. oh. Casey just. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, I don't, think I, I don't think there is a Trappist bourbon anywhere. There's Trappist other beverages, other whiskey, I mean, probably liquors, not necessarily whiskeys, but liquors, um, usually like medicinal herb type liquors. Casey, you may uh, um, shoot off a few emails. If look, you get bourbon is rolling. bourbon. <laughs> bourbon is my medicine. It makes me feel better. It's my cough medicine. I mean, <laughs> exactly. It cured my cough. A, a good rye cured my cough. <laughs> you so. didn't care whether you were coughing or not, and that's basically the point of cough medicine. <laughs> Well, the number of Trappist monasteries and convents has increased in the last 20 years. The number of monks and nuns in those facilities has dwindled. As of 2008, there are only around 3,400 monks in, and nuns active. The population of Trappists is also aging. In the 1950s, the average age of a monk was around 30, but today the age is around 77, which is kind of what I think of when I think of, monk, uh, when I think of monks. Yeah. Like, I don't think of a young monk. No, uh, yeah. I don't think many uh, people do. Unless... Unless you're playing D and D, in which case you're thinking of like kung fu, kung fu nunk. and you're thinking you get eight moves per turn and dunking on everyone. Like, well, That's yeah. fair. Uh, anyway, the uh, uh, the Trappist order is struggling to find and retain younger converts. Uh, that that provides difficult. In 2017, the Abbey of Our Lady of the Holy Trinity in Huntsville, Utah, celebrated its last mass and then shuttered the facility while the last six of its monks moved to into a nursing home. That's sad. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I hate to hear that. That's terrible. <laughs> you know, that whole not being Catholic thing kind of probably gets in the way of, uh, you know, joining up in that thing. Also, the not, you know... Having kids? No one wants... No one wants the cut up. No one wants the cut up monk. He's just sitting there trying to like, make make everyone laugh when they're not allowed to laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Trappist. I I tried. <laughs> okay. So certification. Hmm. To go beyond the certification of their products, 21 abbeys have become members of the International Trappist Association, a nonprofit group dedicated to assisting its members in the production of goods and protecting the brand name Trappist, a registered trademark as, God, yeah, a trademark as well logo. as the authentic Trappist product logo. And I had to 
It'll be on your beers that are in front of you. The Trappist logo is. I, there, I, but I yeah, don't doubt it. Definitely. Is it the little uh, little yep. hexagon? That's it. The little hex. Um, oh. Oh, I got some flavor country down here. Hold on. I got to make sure this pours out. Sorry, there's there's a little bit of like the, the very bottom of my bottle I wanted to make sure it got into uh, my glass. Well, the Trappist logo, as uh, you may have just seen or heard, uh, it is a hexagon. You can hear a hexagon. Did you know that? Uh, with the stylized phrase, authentic <laughs> Trappist product inside and typically a reddish brown hue. Uh, you could probably think of this as the equivalent of the Brewers Association craft beer logo since it's more about certifying the origin than the quality. It does make me think, though, of those old uh, Intel processor commercials like <laughs> Trappist inside. Let <laughs> me out! There's a tiny little monk brewing <laughs> each. Just banging up... Bring each bottle from the inside. I mean, you could technically say it's the yeast. I mean, come on. Uh, to be able to yeah. use the Trappist logo. Monastic <laughs> order of yeast. To be able to use the Trappist logo on one of its products, the Abbey must meet these three strict criteria. All products must be made with the immediate surroundings of the Abbey. So you got to be in the Abbey, within the walls. Production must be carried out under the supervision of the monks or nuns. Profits should be intended for the needs of the monastic community for purposes of solidarity with the Trappist order or for development projects and charitable works. So it seems like someone made it. So you, someone from outside the order can do the brewing, but it's going to be yeah. a, a donation of their time and labor. I'm just like well, technically. Uh, let's let's okay. let's read the next part and then I can gotcha. compare and contrast. The designation with you. Abbey yeah. Beers was originally devised by Belgian brewers for any monastic or monastic style beer not produced in an actual monastery. After the introduction of an official Trappist beer designation, it came to be products similar in style or presentation to monastic beers. In other words, an Abbey beer may be produced by a non-Trappist monastery or produced by a commercial brewery under an arrangement with a monastery or branded with the yeah. name of a defunct or fictitious abbey by a commercial brewer or given a vaguely monastic branding without specifically mentioning monastery by a commercial brewer. In other words, when you buy an abbey beer, it can be just about anything and the word has no definition or quality of origin. Yeah. So, a good way to think about it is if it is a Trappist beer, the Trappists can hire day laborers or, or lay labor um, to actually do the brewing, but they have to actually Oversee be like that. in charge of it. So, you're, you're. Yeah. Monk is the head brewer, while they can hire non-monks to do the brewing, which is actually the I, most common way to do it. I don't know. There aren't a whole lot of monks. I, I was going to say monks raking grains yeah, I was gonna say, out I, of stuff, and yeah, I don't see that being part of. Yeah, not at seventy-seven. That's like the back-breaking work. Um, raking. And, I, I'm sure you could attest to it, Casey. Raking spent grains out is just oh, like the worst. I hire somebody <laughs> to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did that two or three so, times, and I was like, "No, we're hiring this, somebody I'll to do this." I'll spend some of my profits to get this done. 
We're we're getting that monast- job by somebody else. The monastic order of Casey. <laughs> That's right. Um, I mean, I could have a beer and brew it and call it an Abbey. Could beer. you? I could. Could you have and a beer, Casey? I could. I could have one in my hand too. Uh, but I could call it an Abbey beer, and there's nothing against that. Like literally, if you just have the branding look like a monk, you could call it an Abbey beer. I could put yeah. a, a a robe on my Hop King logo. And New Belgium, it. New Belgium has yeah, Abbey yeah. beers, I think. Well, I mean, yep. New so, Belgium's yep. doing it with and so, lifted yeast from some of these breweries, <laughs> from some of these abbeys. Well, and that's belongs I, in a museum. I don't think I put it in here, but in one of the books that I read about this before, um, before writing this up, it talked about how the yeast that's in the bottom of these bottles is the same exact like you could just open a bottle pour it in a petri dish and grow the yeast again like there is nothing different they give you the yeast like and it's pretty common for belgian brewers and and um these breweries alike to have shared early on in their days now it deviated of course but you could still get that same yeast story today how he got right out of the went to that uh, belgian that famous belgian uh beer bar and Uh, i'm sure yeah yeah, picked up a bottle like and basically scooped the yeast out and put it in a glass. I was like, "Well, I'm taking this back with me," and that's yeah. the beginning of New yep. Belgium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they don't. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of uh, from Belgian from Trappist monastery to Trappist monastery. They're all at different levels of being open to the public. Some are, you know, very commercialized to a certain extent. They they have basically a visitor center and you can go in and drink the beer type thing. And then some are very completely shut off like the brewery we're going to talk about today. Um, but it's, it's very much a, a, it's all about you. The brewery is that facility that is also the church or the, I guess it's not really the church. I guess you could say it's more of like the monastery, the monastery grounds. And the monks watch over everything. Whereas if the monks say, yeah, you can use our name, but you brew it at your brewery, that's no longer a Trappist beer. That's an Abbey beer because it's not actually done on those grounds by those monks. I think someone used to be – there's a – one of the one of the, the, the Trappist beer things used to be one and then wasn't. And maybe again – yeah, I can't remember which which one of them it is, but we'll we'll get there. I'm pr- I'm sure we, I read into that during um, the I study. I remember if it's like Shem- my brain, my gut wants to say like Chimay, but I think that's wrong. Uh, La Trap, I think, is one of them. Um, so Saint Bernardus. Okay. <laughs> Are you just throwing? I think them out that's there? it. Actually, I just saw it in the chat from Kent, and I went like, "Yeah, I yeah, think that's I, it." I know at one point they weren't because I I had to make that distinction. I'll be like, "No, that's not a Trappist beer," and like <laughs> turn away from it and be like, "No, it's an." Abbey beer. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, we're, we're splitting hairs, so let's split some hairs. The overview of Trappist styles, since we seem to already just naturally be going down this path. Trappist beers typically fall into four distinct distinct categories, although there is variation on style and varieties offered between monasteries. So, okay, Uncle. <laughs> Meaning single is a term used by the Trappist breweries. I'm guessing I said that right. Uncle, Inkle. The Trappist breweries to describe the basic recipe of their beers. The name fell out of fashion with no breweries using the term until recent years. The term is often used interchangeably with uh, Pasteur's beer. 
Potter's beer? Potter's, Potter's beer. beer. Oh, like father's, father's beer. beer. Yeah. Uh, uh, Uncle are weak. Beer. Yeah, because uh, in Latin. Yeah, I was gonna say in Latin, your father is gotcha. Pater. But that's weak mm. beer. Originally brewed at four to six Which... percent ABV. Is that where we get <laughs> Pastor? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, he's your. I think there's probably there's a similar root in uh, that to be consumed by the monks themselves. So the monks taking that four to six percent. Uh, yeah, well, I mean that because yeah, because wasn't you know the reason they got into brewing partly to like hey you got to fast during the first chunk of the day so you get lit you know you're on you gotta well, you, and, well not even get lit but you gotta like have calories so, so it's like I've been trying to tell them to tell them for me to do at work because like hey we're working you too much. Oh, I can't. I don't have time to eat. What so if I just drink beer? So the uncle is the Trappist shift beer. Uh, to a certain extent. Now, there's also more in like the religious side of things. Thinking on um, back in the day. Now, and if I if I wrote this later on, I'll omit it that when we get to that point, just so we can talk about it now, uh, because it makes more sense. We talked about these Trappist breweries making cheese. Well, back in the day, they weren't even allowed to eat cheese. Like it was, it was they were completely vegan. Forget vegetarian. They were vegan. No fish. No cheese. No meat. So it was it was really being able to drink beer. That kept them from starving to death. Being to able to drink extent. beer is what kept them um, sane. Oh my! Like, <laughs> I mean, chastity really, chastity is easier than not consuming cheese. Oh, cheese! <laughs> Look, <laughs> I went years without. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, I can go years without sex. I can't yeah, go no, weeks look, without Havarti. Sex. Havarti means it's time to party. <laughs> I can't. I was gonna say, I can't go like oh, hours without man. cheese. Like I keep, I keep stuff on hand. Yeah, I just, I'm like, oh. counting the days until well, here... limits to the point of us keeping string cheese in this house because, oh, that that's just gonna be <laughs> raining cheese. All so right, we were talking about uh, Einkel. So uh, let's get to the next one because the Einkel is the shift beer. The double uh, is Cut. a Trappist Brewery's naming convention. <laughs> The origin of the double yeah, uh, was beer brewed in the Trappist Abbey of Westmall in 1856. Westmall double. W- like that should be Westmall. Uh, double was imitated by other breweries, <laughs> leading to the emergence of a style. Doubles are understood to be fairly strong, six to eight percent ABV brown ale, with understated bitterness, fairly heavy body, and pronounced fruitiness and cereal character yeah that's i believe like the current beer world when you say fruitiness it's not going to translate what the fruitiness is to that because we live in like a massive sugary over fruited beer world fruity pebbles we we have a we have a a a pronunciation vest mala or colloquial colloquially west mall Westy, if you're Westy. from Boston. <laughs> so I've got to say, uh, when you say like saying serial character referring to uh, doubles, yeah, that that oddly rings true, like in more ways than one. Okay, uh, so triple uh, is a naming convention traditionally used by Belgian Trappist breweries to describe the strongest beer in their range, uh, Vestmala. 
Triple is considered to be the foundation of this beer style, and look, they, they were like the foundation of all of these. Come on. Uh, and was developed in the 1930s. Uh, Akol 8 Blonde? A shell? I have a light German background, so that's why I'm like, I'll, I'll just be aggressive with it and assume. Uh, uh, for whatever reason, when you said it's their strongest, I'm just I went straight to Pete and Pete, and it's just the the arty of. <laughs> it's the strongest beer. Strongest in beer the world. in the world. Arkel. 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 So La Trap Triple and Chimay White. Hmm. Uh, all examples of Trappist triples. Say that uh, nine times fast. The style has proven popular among secular breweries like St. Fel- uh, yeah, I'm not going to try and say some of these. Uh, St. Bernardus, we all know that. Triples as a style are generally beers with an alcohol content ranging from 8 to 10% ABV. But you notice those are secular, meaning that they are not Trappist breweries. But they've, you know, a lot of these Belgian Abbey beers have picked up the same naming conventions just because they yeah. want to be like their big brothers. Yeah, St. Bernardus is the one we, like, everyone knows, but that's the, you got to be careful because it's not, it's an Abbey Ale, not a Trappist. Yeah, and if you like it, that's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, they make a good beer. If you, if you, oh, I, I don't even know what the one, um. Honestly, may be able to get it from Bernard uh, the is chat. probably going to be your uh, your introduction to Abbey Ales, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't blame anyone because it's it's out there, it's obtainable. There's there's no lack in quality for it. Yeah. Again, it doesn't say it doesn't knock it at all for not being Trappist. It's just just okay. not part of the order. Okay, there's little it's the agreement. it's the west it's the west letter in that I was uh, well no there's a beer out there that's yeah the thirteen or twelve. Westy 12. Yeah, West Flutter and 12. That's the hard-to-get one. Mm. Didn't they start shipping that one? Did they? I thought I saw that they shipped uh, starting last year. They started doing some shipments internationally of it. Because mm. I, I know there were a couple, uh, a few cases that hit the U.S. And it, like... Oh, yeah. It caused a storm of people trying to get a hold of those cases. West Flutter in. Sorry, I'm just reading the the Vestfletterin. Vestfletterin. The most uh, international chat you're going to be fine talking about alcohol tonight. Uh, there is little agreement on the status of quadruple as a beer style. Similar beers are called Grand Cru in Belgium. Quadruple is just a, something that should be like rowing at that point. <laughs> the brand name of a strong seasonal beer brewed by De Koningshoven Brewery in the Netherlands. Uh, in countries, particularly the United States, quadruple or quad has become a generic trademark. The term may refer to an especially strong style of dark ale with a spicy ripe fruit flavor, and it is mwah, good. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I'm just going to like, it's so good. Barrel-aged quad <laughs> is like right up there with barrel-aged barley wine in my favorite beers. Mm. So good. And I, I always have to go off-color has the most amazing barrel-aged quad. Oh, so good. While La Trappe may have been where the Trappist Reformation was founded, it was not where the first of the current Trappist breweries begin. It was not 
the first of the current Trappist breweries to begin brewing. That distinction likely goes to Rochefort. Rochefort. How do we decide to say this? Rochefort. Rochefort Brewery. I think is what you're saying because they're more in the French Belgium. Which shows Which records. Belgium gives me waffles. It's <laughs> a great question. Shows a record of a brewery being in the monastery grounds as early as 1595. Mm. Rochefort Abbey and its brewery were closed in 1794, but the abbey was reestablished in 1887 and the brewery a couple years later in 1899, meaning this is the oldest but not necessarily the oldest continually operating Trappist brewery. Rochefort currently offers three main beers in worldwide distribution, the 6, 8, and 10. The numbers don't correspond to the amount of alcohol exactly, but instead the starting gravity. The 6 has a starting gravity of 1060, the 8 of 1080, and the 10 of 1.100, meaning they start with increasingly more sugar in the war, which will translate to a higher ABV. It's just not a one-to-one. The Rochefort 6 yeah, is a— I was going to say, because that's, that's, you know, the more— the more sugar the yeast can eat, the more alcohol it can fart out. But yep, just, yeah, not not one to one. Also, I was going to mention there's what is there's a uh, whiskey that's also like the like oh we're the oldest Irish whiskey. Yeah, but you closed for like uh, seventy years. Yeah, you went under. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The red cap, Rochefort 6, uh, has a reddish autumn leaves color, soft body, and an earthy herbal palate, suggesting a maybe Darjeeling tea. Uh, developed a deep fruit fruitiness, brewed only about once per year, representing approximately only 1% of the total deer, beer produced. About 7.5% ABV, ABV. The Rochefort 6 is the oldest Rochefort ta- trapper, Trappist beer. It was brewed empirically until the end of the Second World War, about... Uh, 1958, this was the only beer, uh, until 1958, this was the only beer that they bottled in both the 330 milliliter bottles and the 750 milliliter bottles. So small bottles, 12 ounces, and the 22 ounce, a little bit larger than 22 ounce bombers. Look, it's not um, it has a, say like that it naturally, okay. like the tasting notes come up as you're drinking it. It's just like naturally, because <laughs> that's what I'm drinking. I'm like, oh, well, yes. Absolutely. You, yeah, you held that up, and I was like, I don't know that I've seen a six. This is the uh, strong malty beer that has a slight bitterness. The green cap, Rochefort 8, Rochefort 8 uh, has a tawnier color, more assertive palate, and an even richer fruitiness with a hint of figs, possibly. Um, a dash more dryness to balance the finish. Let me say this. The tasting notes specifically I got from Michael Jackson, the beer writer. So these were back when he tasted it. The other one, are they both dead? Uh, They are. Um, Oh, never mind. uh, He tasted it at the brewery back in um, early 90s, I believe. And so a little bit towards the end of this this section, I I start using some quotes from him. But the tasting notes, as spot on as they are, or directly from him 30 years ago, 30 almost 35 years ago at this point um and still hold up i think i was gonna say yeah, I was gonna I say like like they, that hits that beer perfectly and i honestly don't see these beers being like uh some others like uh sierra nevada pale ale i'm sure has changed so much since they were originally doing it. like in the what have, they've been doing that for 30 years haven't they yeah 
So in yeah, in thirty years, I don't see like the mid eighties. Like the, I bet these they they haven't changed these recipes at all. I'm sure. Like they may have just sourced the materials from a different place, but it, I'm sure they're still getting the same hops, the same like everything, the same. For in, in, in the that. same, yeah, in the same way that uh, uh, you know we we make fun of Budweiser making terrible beer, but they make consistently terrible beer, which is impressive. What's more uh, impressive is making consistently amazing beer. That still, that's mm-hmm. where my I tip my I hat mean, yeah. to Trappist beers because they make consistently amazing beers for like ever. Yes, <laughs> I was just saying that they that that this is that same kind of consistency, except amped up because it's centuries at this point. And then also at a much smaller scale with much God, less I... technology, most likely. Yeah. God, I don't want to get to a century of Budweiser. That's a like you can say like the Trappist beers. It can fall. You can be like, oh, well, you're just you know old school when it comes to beer. When it comes well, like if you you're really into Trappist beers, but there's just something about that where it's like they aren't caving to whatever current craft trend there is. Like they're not doing big, super sweet, over adjuncted stouts or something like that. They're like, hey, these are the four beers we do. That's it. And these are the recipes. We've been doing it for 300 years, and it's not changing. <laughs> Just not, wait. Not Hold sh- on one second. Let's let it before, Until, you, before you take those words. Until. Well, uh, I'm just saying, like, they're, they're, they're not super chasing the styles yeah. in the sense of, like, you know, they're not doing a New England IPA. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Uh, next year, if there's going to be a Boston monastery to get into the game. Um, so this beer has a, a tawnier color, more assertive palate, even richer fruitiness like figs, um, a dash more dryness to balance the finish. The variety constitutes the largest proportion of production today. It dates from 1955, and originally this beer was only brewed for New Year's Eve celebrations. But due to the overwhelming success of the beer, the monks decided around 1960 to brew it on a regular basis. This is also sometimes referred to as the special can you picture these monks listening to celebrate good times as they're <laughs> drinking this beer? <laughs> no. I've okay, watched, I can. I've watched but some I'm... videos of these monks and what they do. They like, uh, it's just so funny to see like these monks specifically because this is one of the more shut off breweries out there. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm not saying it's not absurd, but that's oh, yeah. why I'm picturing it. So this is the eight we're still talking about, the green label, right? Right. Yes. Now we're moving on to the 10, which is the blue cap. Oh, yeah. A deep reddish-brown color, dense head, more viscous body, and profoundly fruity fig-like palate with notes of bitter chocolate in the finish. Um, this is technically probably a barley wine. Um, 11.3% yeah. ABV, um, rich Swedish taste. Some consider this one to be, to be one of the greatest beers of the world. That is uh, it is shockingly accurate. I was gonna say. So c- can we go? Wait, uh, two seconds. Two seconds. Like I'm trying to do the stupid tap thing, and it doesn't want to work. I, I just want to go ahead and drink with me, friend, because that is one of. I, I, just, I just don't want to go back through it later. So that's what me and Justin uh, were both drinking oh, yeah. for the show. Was the tin. Yeah. And I uh, loved it. I mean, just strong I, I, caramel, dark. Oh, it, it when you said barley wine, I was like, yeah, it hits it hits that spot for me. 
I when I when I walked over and I got you know got in got into a liquor store finally to go pick up something, I saw there was like a, a bottle of this and the you know and the the eight I think and I went ten. I've had it before. I know what I'm getting. Oh yeah. I've forgotten my love for Belgian beer. It's like oh, it's, yeah, it's I, good I, stuff. I remember it you're gonna, being you, like. You, overly sweet although belgian beers are traditionally very dry um overly sweet overly big like i just remember and then it's like drinking a budweiser after a long stint of barley wines and uh (laughs) like american barley wines and (laughs) ipas it's a nice change of pace to really kind of get you you know so it's like Something. New Year's Day cracking a Budweiser after doing 20 straight Bigfoots. Yeah. <laughs> Not like that. Uh, I, I mean, I would. I, I don't see the whole world doing this, but I would love to see a resurgence of real imports. Are you going to brew one of these now? I've got a triple arm right now. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've got a Belgian triple. It's just, you know, it's not how, a how long is that? How long is that going to be on? Uh, a while because we serve it in ten ounce glasses, and I've heard right, a whole like, batch like of it. A, I'm gonna need a like growler a, of that. Like about a month. Yeah, I think so. I think so. If you can make it off the ice. Yeah, I was gonna say, I yeah. By that point, I should be off the ice, and I should be <laughs> back in that neck of the woods. Is what I'm getting at. We may even have some burgers uh, service by then. <sighs> Don't tempt me. Can we just so, save some of that for some? Uh... What was it? Monotog action? Yeah. Tog. Let's do oh. it. I'll get some growlers. Um, so, Chris, you were talking about, or we were talking about before, I can't remember who it was that brought it up. Um, these places Chasing don't the, change the any. Um, well, Roachfruit actually started with a triple extra, uh, a purple cap triple style, um, because, you know, the. The ones that they've got right now are, let's see, what do we say? One was probably closer to a double. The second one was probably the triple, and the ten was a, a you know, barley wine. This one may be like the eight plus. <laughs> um, the eight. Plus. It's it's like iPhone. Uh, <laughs> So coming in at 8.1% ABV, it was launched in October 2020, um, first in the Netherlands and then later in Belgium. But according to the monks, they're still fine-tuning the recipe before they're releasing it worldwide. Um, that that was pretty up-to-date. So hopefully later on this year, we'll be able to see a rook for triple extra. And I, I think we should bring that out if it comes out this year. Bring that out in one of the later uh, brewery shows that we do. Oh, definitely. Yeah, if, if we, we can, can find, find that. Yeah, the purple label. Mm. Uh, my eyes will be peeled for it. I bought all the Roqueforts uh, that I could today, actually. Like, every <laughs> one that they had. I was I, lucky I, they, I, had, they had the uh, 6, 8, and the 10. Yeah. I was, I'm not going to lie, it was a little salty because I wasn't entirely certain if I was going to get to the store today or not. And I saw that post of, like, which one should I get? All of them. Yeah. For sure. Like, All right, and and I'll get three Floyd's Brian Baru because it's an Irish red <laughs> named Brian Baru, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, three Floyd. That's why you call your Scottish ale Robert the Bruce. All right. Mm-hmm. 
So everything from this point forward comes from the um, beer writer Michael Jackson, and he wrote mm-hmm. um, he wrote <laughs> about Roquefort Brewery when he traveled there in the early '90s. I think it was like '90, 90, '91, somewhere around there. Um, so everything from this point forward is basically taken from him. A little bit of of paraphrasing on my behalf, but pretty much from him. Um, so he talks, you know, being a beer writer, he's not just about you know the beer itself it's about the experience and so he talks about getting there uh, from brussels it's an easy enough drive even by the scenic route southeast through the barley and malt town of gimblo uh down the rocky gorge of the river muse at namar and diant dinant uh then east as the muse valley rolls upwards into the ardens ardennes when you cross the rhine ardennes when <laughs> <laughs> look the the, the ardennes that's what Germany ran through on meth. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. Uh, a few more miles up the country road with woods on one side and the Vista rolling hills on the other. Typical of that area uh, is Roquefort's Trappist Monastery, Notre Dame de saint Remy. To beer lovers, it's simply known as Roquefort. The monastery is itself hidden among trees down a hillside. I was there by late morning. The gray-beard monk who answered the door seemed unaware of my appointment. <laughs> it's like, do you know who I am? Uh, he motioned him, uh, motioned me to sit down and drifted off. A few minutes later, he returned with Father Antoine. Uh, Ant- Antony? Antoine? Antoine. Uh, the brewer, who was dressed for work in a black sweat shin and dark blue drill trousers. So not I your... thought that said a, a dark blue sweatsuit. And I was just picturing like like a Russian <laughs> mobster just dressed up like, yeah, you you want beer. Yes, I bring you beer. In morning, we brew the beer. I wonder what that is. I want to know what that outfit is. Uh, it's probably just his sweats that he doesn't care to get nasty. So, um, Saint Remy dates to at least twelve thirty when it was a convent in fourteen sixty four. It became a monastery, so the monks uh, took it from the nuns. Uh, and fifteen ninety five, it began to be a brewery. At that time, barley and hops were grown actually on the grounds of the brewery uh, or the monastery. And after the Napoleonic period of secularization, the abbey was restored in eighteen eighty seven. He puts it a little nicer there, but basically <laughs> they had to shut down completely because uh, of the Napoleonic yeah, wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when Napoleon came steaming through going, no, 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 this mine now. What about our, no, everything mine now. Yep. Everything. So the Abbey was restored. So it's really not their fault. I mean, other than the fact that they were there where a war was going on. Um, the how Abbey dare, was re- How dare they be in the way of Napoleon? <laughs> I know. Uh, they needed more snow. The Abbey was restored in 1887, the brewery two years later. Many buildings date from that period still to this day. The First World War reached the Abbey in 1918. The German occupiers removed the copper fittings from the brewing hall, and production was again halted for a little while. When, after the Second World War, Roquefort's beers declined from the success of Chimay's better-known and more consistent brews, a little fraternal kindness was shown. Chimay's Abbey's Trappist decided to help their con- their, their friends <laughs> uh, improve the quality of their beer. Confrères. Confrères? I'm guessing. I have like one year of French. Maybe got- that's like fellow friars. We, we've hit the territory. That, I've got to make the joke. That actually might 
I've got to make uh, the joke. might be close. Oh, you know what? Uh, Frere is brother, so they're oh. brothers. Mm. I've got to make the joke, though, uh, just, to, just to keep with consistency. Our dress to kill joke for this episode. <laughs> we, we mentioned it. Uh, never get involved in a land war in Asia. Uh, Napoleon. Uh, oh, it's a bit cold. It's a bit cold. <laughs> oh, I've got a good idea. I got a good... Oh, it's a bit cold. It's a bit cold. <laughs> Hitler came in a few years later. Oh, I've got a different idea. I've got a different idea. Oh, it's the same idea. Same idea. <laughs> so, it's actually, the, it's actually, the, it's actually the mud that's the real problem in the Russian winter, not not necessarily the ice, because they have a mud season. That's what everyone gets stuck in. Mm. You can't get your horses Sorry. through that. Professor, <laughs> Professor Jean de Clerc. Um, from Leuven, who laid the basis for the current Chimay beers, what I'm drinking today, uh, together with his brother Theodore, advised the monks to change their production methods, impose microbiological controls, and pay more attention to hygiene. So these are all like technological advances of the brewing industry. So Chimay brought right, them but I'm to also Rochefort. just picturing them, Chimay, walking into Rochefort, just going like, wash yourself, you nasty. <laughs> I know we have 17 prayers a day. Take time between one and go take a bath. If you're not looking for a suitor, it's very difficult to go and take a shower. I understand. It's what the married life does to you. And um, at home, so, look, when you never yeah. leave the house, you're like, I don't know. I don't stink. <laughs> yeah, they technically are working from home. Uh, so it was the ship with Chimay's assistance that Rochefort monks developed the current clutch of beer recipes. Brother Theodore of Chimay was responsible for selecting and isolating the initial yeast strains. However, this yeast was found to not take very well in Rochefort and was replaced by a variety sourced from the Palm Brewery. In the 1950s, the initial light refractory beer was joined by the stronger Rochefort 10 and Eight. A plaque of St. Arnold's, the Belgian's patron saint, St. Arnold, the Belgian's patron saint of brewing, now overlooks the 1960s mash tun and kettle. These are of traditional design set into beige tiling. The brew length is 100 hectoliters. Um, so it says length, but really size is, is probably um, more. That's what I keep telling her. And I'm trying to do the conversion to barrels. A hundred hectoliters would be equivalent to like an eighty-three barrel brewery. So it's not small. Um, no, no, no. Pretty big. Uh, eighty-three. <laughs> yeah, barrels. yeah, yeah. Eighty-three barrels would be bigger than most uh, microbreweries today. So most microbreweries are running on a like fifteen-barrel brew house, maybe a thirty-barrel if they're a little bit larger brewery. So they're they're pretty big. Um, and they run three of those per week. So you're looking at somewhere around, you know, uh, 240 barrels a week of beer, which is my like less than it's more than my like yearly production. Uh, Father Anthony says, we work just enough. We don't want a stressful life. <laughs> so three brews a week. I which like that. A, which is a, a very contradictory thing to hear from a monk, Trappist monk. I feel like the the Trappist of early years would be upset to hear that in you fairness, need to work more to to be more guilty the aging every one of earlier Travis. years every one of earlier years will look at the previous one and go you're not working hard enough <laughs> yeah for sure 
while it was said early on, the Abbott was strict. So the, the Roquefort Abbott was strict. Um, in recent years, Roquefort seems to have become more accessible to some visitors, but not en masse. Uh, the brewery itself remains closed to the general public, and there's no tours or no on-site tasting rooms. The monks rise each morning at 3.15. That's a.m. That's <laughs> about what time there's most not even. Have. I used to not beat even sun at that point. No, well, I they used to beat have... them up. Like, no, they're, they're slacking. Like, before COVID, I used to be up at, like, 1.30 every morning. So, no, no they're thanks. slackers. Well, they had their mask at 1.30 every morning. Yeah. That's what WoW does to you. Uh, they would have their mash underway before they head to the first high mass at 7 a.m. The brew house is lit by sun through stained first glass mass. windows and uh, potted plants add a further decorative touch. The beers are brewed from two Pilsner malts, one Munich type with dark cane sugar added to the kettle. The hops are German hey. Holotower. Uh, just, just a real quick dumb aside, I hear two Pilsner malts and one Munich, and I'm picturing some weird three-way Dragon Ball Z fusion dance where they're just going, going, you shun <laughs> He, uh, this monk talks a little bit more about like, the twos of everything. So he's like, we've got two of the light malts, we've got two sugars, we've got two different tops of hops, we've got um, yeast that's added two different times. I mean, they're very like two, two, two. It's like Noah's Ark type thing. Um, that's so, not how Noah's Ark. Never mind. That's, that's a different <laughs> story for a different uh, day. Well, I mean, depends on if they wanted to eat those. Look, we'll talk about it. In <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I can. And as we said before, uh, well, and, and German Hollertower and Steering Goldings, both of those two hops are then again added twice. White crystal sugar is used as the priming sugar in the bottle, and then they add their same yeast again in the bottle, fresh yeast, um, for that. They actually have um, stepped up their technology quite a bit. They have a centrifuge as their beer filter on, oh. on site now. Yeah, right. they have two centrifuges, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they still have the magic wand. They do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I didn't read one or the other. I do not know. I'm fairly it's certain a it's probably the same one from since, like, <laughs> from when the I order think... was founded. And if it, like, when it rotted to the point they couldn't use it anymore, they, like, scraped everything off of it and caked it on a new one. That's probably what you, Shemay you told me to get rid of. Do you imagine like like a like you know the, the 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 quote magic wand like that? If they wave it over a fruit tray, it also gets your caveman drunk. Sure, it will. We stir our fruit with this. Wait three days. <laughs> it's a good good breakfast. Uh, <laughs> two days. We waited one morning. <laughs> um, we bought it the day before, and then the next evening it was like foaming. <laughs> Is this pineapple fizzy? <laughs> Look, that's who, how we could tell. Carbonated I'd been, this. <laughs> I'd been drinking way too much soured beer. <laughs> Tastes good who to me. Carbonated these grapes. <laughs> so Trappist the air in my apartment. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, Trappists still do not eat meat, but once also ruled out fish and cheese. And this is where we were talking earlier. Father Antoine. Um, Antoine said, without these nutrients in our beer, we would have died. 
the dietary laws now, however, are less strict. Today's brothers at Rockford do not in general drink the beer except on high days and holidays, though Father Antoine said there was one older member of the community who liked a glass at 10 a.m. in the morning. Uh, we do not all agree on that matter. We each have our own character, but we like to achieve a balance to have a sense of family. I mean, yeah. I feel like I would like him. I feel like I'd like to have a beer with him. He's probably dead by now. Actually, Not due to alcohol poisoning. He was. No. Pro- he's an older member at that point. I think. Let me go and look. Yeah, he was probably like in his 50s at that stage, at least. Well, um, he said Father Antoine said an older member of the community then. Father Antoine was probably in his 50s. I'm betting. Oh, no, I'm saying I want to have a, a, a beer with Father Antoine. Oh, OK, 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 OK. Um, then, yeah, no, I, he's he's probably still alive. I'd love to know. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I saw a, um, I saw a, something about him in a mo- uh, video on, um, a video on YouTube. If I'm not mistaken, uh, if you search Roquefort, um, you get to actually see these guy, this guy like taking a tour through, and he it takes him a while to like knock on the door, and they finally answer, and the monks like, oh, do you want to buy beer? <laughs> they weren't inviting him in at all but but then he was like uh, yeah do you uh, yeah so they bring him beer and then he's like do you have a place i could drink it and if i'm not mistaken like the, the monk almost cup. points outside and it's like <laughs> wherever you want uh, and then they finally invite him in if i'm uh, if i remember correctly uh well, I think that about does it for all of our informational stuff. Uh, me and Chris have talked about what we've been drinking. Casey, yeah. what have you been drinking? Well, I, you actually I'll kind of already thing. said it, but... Yeah, I've been yeah. alternating... Get the double. Drink with we'll me, friend. Again because uh, we've gone long, and I have just about worked my way through the entire Roquefort line. <laughs> <laughs> Chris needs some more time here. I'm, I'm starting um, the eight. <laughs> I'm having Chimay red and white. I'm alternating back and forth between them. Uh, I love the red. The white is really good, but I love the red. Um, both of these beers are extremely drinkable. Um, high alcohol, but don't taste it. Uh, just a really good flavorful, but also, I mean, super effervescent. Whenever I was pouring these, I was like, it's been a long time since I've poured a Belgian beer to remember exactly how highly carbonated these they were. They foam yeah. hard. That's a, oh, I poured yeah. it like I was pouring an IPA, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Foam the, hard with it. The, I, I, I was pouring some into into my glass here, and the bottle almost foamed over, and I'd poured half of it out, and I'm just like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I poured down the side of the glass, and you could see like there was this rolling motion inside the glass, like – just the beer going crazy inside. So um, delicious. Uh, I, I definitely will be whenever I was trying to call around to find some Rockford, um, the brewer or the, the, the liquor store in Prestonsburg that I typically go to, to try to find the more uncommon stuff. Um, I called them up and they were like, Oh, I've heard of it. And um, I was just looking for it for tonight. And then she goes in and she's like, 
Well, let me let me look around. I'll see if I can get it ordered. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. But then I just said, thank you, because I know I, I probably wasn't going to go down there to get it. But now I'm like, now you're going to go down there and get it. I may go down there and buy it because I had forgotten how good Belgian beers were until tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, the Belgian beers that you get, and I'm talking traditional Belgian beers because I remember Belgian knockoffs, like American breweries that make Belgian beers, and they're very much more syrupy. They're not as effervescent. They're not as big um, on on carbonation. And so the balance really has to be there from those other elements for you to get what you're trying to get out of a beer. By the way, so, I got to the end it. of my uh, at the end of my my Roquefort, and it's just it like I could literally see chunks at the bottom. I'm just like, yeah. Mm. That's what I want. Oh, you were talking about that earlier. So you were like, here's the, the flavor country down in the bottom. Well, that's <laughs> probably the exact same yeast that they use to brew the beer that you're getting mm-hmm. there at the bottom. So you're getting a little bit of that that little bit of Belgium. <laughs> Someone's like, is it safe to dr- drink yeast? Yeah, why not? Whatever. You'll, <laughs> you're not going to die. Or if you're uh, Sam Adams founder. Jim eats it uh, every morning. Jim, yeah, you get a spoonful of it to knock off the hangover. Or whatever he does, keep from getting drunk. You know the guy, the guy who invented Vaseline, uh, ate a spoonful every day. He thought it would make him immortal. It didn't work. <laughs> he shit his pants. He's <laughs> dead, but you know. <laughs> Your face down toward the corner. I feel like it's moving. <laughs> no, it's, it's just stationary. It's fantastic. <laughs> Um, so Justin, uh, anything else, or uh, did you just polish that tin off? And that's yeah, that's all I had. I've gone back to the hop slam. I had a little bit of it left oh, over, so yeah. so uh, tease one of because because I wanted us, to come on and jam. Some of us didn't get to have hop slam this year because we couldn't justify it, and then it was all gone in our market. So tell us how some was, of us, it? was last year's better. Look. It was great. It was. I have. I don't think I had last year's. Honestly, I walked past a display of Hop Slam and went, "You're coming with me." Don't tell Casey. <laughs> like I said that to uh, the no. bottles. Um, is it? Is it? Well, it's it's Bell's. I, it's your favorite I've, brewery. It's America's favorite brewery. Um, the Bell's Association is, favorite brewery. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, I think that's that's a skewed number. Um, there are definitely more more subscribers to the Brewers Association that vote that live in the Midwest and want their beer to be up top. But neither here nor there. Um, uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, anything else before we sign off for the night? Uh, well, uh, I've had the entire line of Roquefort, except for the purple, the new one. Had the uh, six, eight, and the ten. Working my way in the eight right now. It really is like it's the first one to give me any like bitter. There mm. was no bitter in the six and the ten. I started on the ten. Like I started where I shouldn't have, <laughs> but it was delicious. And yeah, barley wine. We are, we talked about that already. The six. It really is like a tea. Like that. It's so effervescent, and that would like amazing. Both of them. But, like, I mean, the 10's like a barley wine, the 6 is like a tea, and the 8 is, uh, it doesn't have the sweetness. I, w- I wanted to say, like, American barley wine, but that's not right. So, 
I, I, I made a comment earlier, but I, I don't think it's true. Roquefort, unless the purple, the purple's going to come in as a triple style. Roquefort doesn't have in their normal lineup a triple, like a very light colored. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't think they they actually do. So uh, the, that will the, the, be their that will be their their triple beer that will come out. They don't have one. They have sort of like a um, uh, a red. The six. Would you say that's more of like a double and then the rope for date being like a double plus yeah it, it, it is it's a it's a bitter version of the six like punch well up. the the I was gonna say their their Roquefort triple extra is coming at 8.1 which is in the range of the uh the eight and I don't know if that doesn't necessarily mean same yeah. similar thing but well you know. I, I think if they're they're calling it a triple extra I feel like that may be their triple like that may be their triple beer. And instead of having like Chimay, they've got the red, white, and blue, which is their double, triple quad. Um, a few breweries out there will have that single double, triple going on. I don't, yeah. like, I don't feel like Roquefort six is a single. I think they mm-hmm. jump directly into the double. Yes. And yeah. then it, from there it goes double, double, <laughs> boiling trouble. Wine. <laughs> Barley wine trouble. There it is. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's just a different kind of version of that same, same sort of beer, maybe. God, that should be the name of this episode. (laughs) Double, double, double double barley barley wine wine trouble. If we named them as such. Um. Yeah, I know. Cool. All right. Uh, I'm, uh, we're going to continue this discussion in post-show. Well, Uh, the good news is we've got, I think, three or four more shows for Belgian beers after this. So throughout the year, make sure to tune in to those specific shows. We're going to talk about every current Trappist brewery on the market now. Um, And so we'll talk about those. We'll try to do a tasting through many of these different styles as we go through and many of the different breweries. Um, In the meantime, though. You can subscribe, get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv. And don't forget, you can tell us your favorite favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address fa- feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can use the feedback page on the website. Uh, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, uh, sandwich signs. Uh, I'm told the kids say something about sliding into someone's DMs, but I don't know what that means. So You can go ahead and slide into our DMs. We'll find them. Uh, yeah, don't and, volunteer. Uh, and unlike, don't volunteer, uh, Brittany, for that. Unlike <laughs> unlike Trappist monks, uh, all joking and fun aside, uh, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Yeah, so you can check us out next Saturday for our next—not uh, next, two weeks from now—in <laughs> uh, a couple weeks for our next live episode. Uh, and uh, remember to check us out on Patreon.com/slash/HaveADrinkShow or uh, you know HaveADrinkStore.com. Get yourself a nice, comfy shirt. Uh, I bought some shirts uh, from a different service online than the one we use. Very, very coarse, uncomfortable shirts. I like uh, our ours. Shirts. They are nice. Ours are very nice. Like that's not just to like be like, oh, ours like, oh, go buy them. No, I'm just no. like saying like ours are like nice, soft. I I don't know what, exactly what they are, but they are a nice, soft, uh, like cotton, whatever. So we went with a um, with the brewery. We went with a local vendor who produced shirts on mass and and instead of the on demand shirts, um, although we may do 
on demand so you can order online type of thing. Um, but the shirt material, the shirt company is they call it a tri blend. And oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a company. It's almost entirely what I buy now. Yeah, a tri blend and it canvas. I think is the name of the brand that I got at the brewery, and then also I think this the store produces. And those are I probably own like six or seven of these canvas T-shirts now, and they're not canvas like tote bag material. It's just the name brand, and they are wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, so let's go ahead and wrap this up uh, once again. Uh, I'm Justin Frazier. It's weird to start first. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>